Come on, look at the person. Look at the person next to you. Look them right in the eye. Tell them you came to the 9:30 on daylight savings time weekend. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now look at the person on your other side. Say it felt. It felt like it was 8:30 when I got here. It felt like it was 8:30. Oh man, it gets me every year. And uh, especially those of us that have kids. Come on, anybody with me? When you have kids, how many of you know that your kids don't go to bed an hour earlier? On daylight savings time weekend, <laughs> you just have to endure uh, the sleepiness and uh, everything that comes with that. But hey, we're excited about what God is doing in our grow groups. Um, I would I would say honestly, this has been the best semester, and we're about five or six weeks in. This has been the best semester of grow groups I think to date. Um, just just the feedback from people and uh, the different ways that we're growing in community and growing in our relationship with God and uh, all the people that are involved in that. And so uh, we're looking forward to those again this week. And then I want to touch on Kids Camp again and just let you know um, on the iKids page on the website, you can register your kid for Kids Camp May the 25th through the 29th. And this week, there uh, should be a $50 registration link, and so that'll be a $50 deposit to reserve your kid's spot for camp, and then the remaining balance will be due, uh, due as it gets closer to that. So I would encourage you to get on the website this week, get your kid registered for Kids Camp so that we can get all those spots locked in, and we're looking forward to that. And uh, I'm going to jump right into... What I feel like God wants to speak to us today, and we're beginning a brand new series. For those of you that have been with us uh, this year in 2020, we have been in a series, one series, all the way up to this point that we called Progress, and uh, we ended that last week, and today we're beginning a brand new series, and I kind of touched on this a little bit last week, but the, the, the name of this series is The Offensive Gospel. The Offensive Gospel, and uh, the tagline that we've put on here is, can you resist offense and embrace the truth? How many of you know that there are some things, if you've read your Bible, there are some things that, that uh, you'll come across and you'll think, what? What does that even mean? Like, what, what was Jesus even talking about? What was this person even writing about? And so we're going to talk about some of those things that really in that day and time might have been offensive, but also as we read through it, uh, might be really offensive to us, and we have to really embrace this idea of the truth in our lives. And I have a question today. Is is there anybody at church today that likes to shop? Anybody? Come on, where are my shoppers at? Anybody like to shop? Some of y'all are like, I don't want to raise my hand because I don't want anybody to know that I like to shop. You like to shop? Somebody standing up in the back. Come on, somebody. Uh, I was thinking about this, and uh, and I felt like the Lord gave me this title, but kind of leading up to it. Have you ever been? Uh, you ever been in a store? And you're out shopping, maybe it's your favorite store, and uh, you saw something from a distance that you wanted really bad, right? You, you walk in, I would, I would do this sometimes, you walk in, and you see, you know, uh, if you're like us, we, now we have a tendency to go right to the back where all the clearance aisle is. Come on, somebody, we're like the clearance racks and all this, you're like, they're like, look at all this cool stuff we have. It's like, no, I'm going right back here to where it's about 65% off, and I'm going to get what everybody else paid $50 for, for $20 now. Come on, can I get a better amen right there? And so you walk in and you see, and this would happen to me, maybe it's happening to you, you see something that you really want, it's that jacket, it's that pair of jeans, you're like, whoo, they got it on the mannequin, you know, and, and you walk in and you're thinking, oh, that's what I want, and as you get closer and closer and you get up there and you're like, oh, you know, this is, this is exactly what I want, and then you pull that little thing that we call a price tag out of the, the sleeve or out of the neck of this shirt or this pair of pants or this jacket, 
And anybody ever had this response out loud or even just in your heart, you know, just in your mind, in your heart, you just had this response, it costs how much? <laughs> it costs how much, you know, or maybe your spouse, uh, you know, <laughs> wanted something and they called you over and they're like, babe, babe, look at this. This would look so great in our living room. And you're like, how much is it? And they're like, this. You're like, it costs how much? Like, they really like that thing. They really must like that pair of jeans. I think I'll wait about three months when all of the shorts are coming out, and then I'll get my pair of jeans at 50% off. Come on, somebody. Right? And I want to talk to you today really on that exact idea, and I've titled this message today, It Costs How Much? It Costs How Much? If you're taking notes, the title today, It Costs how much? And you got to say it like in that upper register. You know, you have to pause after it and be like, it costs how much? How much? And I want to start today in Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read two verses that are going to be the, really the backbone of what we're talking about today. And then I've got some points to give you. And we'll see what God wants to do today. This is Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple... He must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. So we see Jesus and he's talking to uh, the people that are following him. And he says, this is what it looks like to follow me. This is what it looks like to be my disciple. It looks like taking up your cross. And I love this amplified version of this, these couple of verses that Say, basically, it adds in, you know, the, the real meaning of some of these words that we have to set aside selfish interests. That we have to express a willingness to endure whatever may come. That we have to conform to Jesus' example in living. And so, when we, get, when we get saved, maybe somebody forgot to mention to you the part... That, 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 and here's really, let me start with this. This is kind of our, you know, possibly offensive statement. Do we have that that we can throw up on the screen? Salvation is a free gift. Discipleship, following Jesus, growth, and progress will cost you. Salvation comes by grace through faith alone. The Bible tells us so that nobody can brag about, look what I did to get right with God. You can't do anything other than accept Jesus to get right with God. But from that point forward, growing, discipleship, following Jesus, and our word even for 2020, the progress that you desire, it will cost you something. And I can only imagine these people that Jesus is talking to, and they're like, you know, you said come follow me, but I didn't realize I was signing up. 
to experience all that we are going to experience and that we have been going through. Like, I don't know if this is really what I want. And I would venture to say that some of us would even find this in our own lives as this tension. That I, I, I felt the, the drawing to give my life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit drew me in and I, I accepted Jesus. But, but we cannot neglect to tell you that from that point forward, there is a process that God wants to take you on. And this process of being discipled and discipleship and following Jesus and, and, and growing in your faith and your relationship with him, it will cost you something. It will cost you something. Uh, going back to the idea of shopping, when you walk into a store, how many of you know that you can't get something new without paying the price for it? I'm already preaching better than you're responding. When you walk into a store and you see something new that you want, you walk around and you see something that is in somebody else's life, and you think, how did they get that? How are they so close to God in that way? How is it that they can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and they speak something to me and it's exactly what I need to hear? And you see something in somebody else's life. You see something new that you want. But you can't get something new unless you're willing to pay the price to get it. And growing in your relationship, growing in your faith, following Jesus will cost you. Jesus himself said, listen, you have to be willing to conform to the way that I say to live. The way that I, the example that I am setting for you to live by. You have to be willing to make some changes in your life if you want to follow me, really follow me. If you want to grow, if you want the new thing that, that, that I want to give you, it's going to cost you something. It'll cost you something. I even think about vehicles and the idea of going to buy a new vehicle. Maybe you've bought a new vehicle before. And most of the time, the more you're willing to pay, the more features and the better the experience will be over time of you driving that vehicle. So you can just get into a vehicle and just get the base model. And this is not a message to go into debt. So don't walk out of here and be like, you know what? Pastor Gabe said I need a new vehicle even though I can't really afford it. No, 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 no. But there's a difference between just getting the, the basics and actually investing into something and paying a price to get all of the features and all of the things that really make the experience great. And I want to talk to you today for the rest of our time together about three truths that come with following Jesus. Three truths that come with following Jesus. Three things that are hard for us to swallow sometimes. But are a part of discipleship, following Jesus, growing in our faith. Here's point number one if you're taking notes. You may be broken to be made new. You may be broken in order to be made new. New And a couple of verses, 2 Corinthians 5.17, many of us are familiar with this. It says, if anyone belongs to Christ, there is a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything is made new. Colossians 3, verses 5 through 10. So put all evil things out of your life, sexual sinning, doing evil, letting evil thoughts control you. 
wanting things that are evil, and greed. Come on, that pretty much just sums it all up right there. (laughs) Put all of these things out of your life. This is really serving a false god. These things make God angry. In your past evil life, you also did these things. But now also put these things out of your life. Anger, bad temper, doing or saying things to hurt others, and using evil words when you talk. Do not lie to each other. You have left your old sinful life and the things you did before. You have begun to live the new life in which you are being made new. You are being made new. And you are becoming like the one who made you. You are, be- you are in the process of being made new. You are in the process of becoming like the one who made you. This new life brings you the true knowledge of of God. When we accept Jesus and receive salvation, we become a new creation. But how many of you know that there are still parts of our lives, even when we give our life to Jesus, we get saved, we receive what Jesus did for us on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. There are still things and parts of our lives that are not all lined up in the way that they should be. So salvation is a free gift. You just have to reach out and receive what Jesus did for you. But that doesn't mean that everything in your life is immediately worked out. There are still some things that need to be worked out. We like to use two words and we put it on the shirts that you know we have when we baptize people here. And, and uh, we say it a lot. And it's these two words that's made new. But the question today is really this. Do we really want to be made new. I think about Jesus whenever he was whenever he was uh, about to heal somebody and he walks up to this guy and he asks him this question and the guy has been 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 ill with his condition for years years and Jesus says, "Do you want to be well? Do you really want to be well or have you become so so accustomed to the way that you do life and the way that things have always been that even when somebody really tries to help you that you really don't want it even though you say that you want it so the question today is do you really want to be made new do you really want all that God has for you everything that he wants for your life Do we really want to allow God to begin to change the parts of our lives that don't bring him glory? And one thing I've discovered is that many times in order for something to be made new, the old thing has to be torn apart. And I was thinking back to uh, really a teaching that we received um, in the area of marriage and maybe a word for somebody today. It was this idea of building a tower together. And in order to have all of the things that you need to be able to build this tower together, you have to first break down the individual towers that you have built by yourselves. In order to have something new, sometimes we have to tear down what has been existing. Because God's doing a new thing. I think about how our kids love to build with Legos. 
And we have tons of Legos in our house. We have an entire tote that is full of Legos. Maybe you can relate. <laughs> and our kids, they'll, they'll go in, especially the boys really enjoy it, but, but sometimes they'll all get in there and they'll, they'll build something. They'll build two or three things. They'll be really proud of it. They'll come in there, you know, that night, like, Dad, look, look at what we built. Come look at what we built. You know, Mom, come look at what we built. This is, this is awesome, and they'll put it up on their dresser, and there'll be two or three things that are up on their dresser that they have built with these Legos, and they'll be so excited about it, and two days will go by, and six days will go by, and nine days will go by, and then the moment will come when they have a desire to build something new with the Legos, and so they go get the tote of Legos out, and they start to complain. Because we don't have this piece. <laughs> we don't have this piece. And, and, and we try to gently, come on, in a loving way, explain that if you would tear apart the thing that you built nine days ago, you would have all of the pieces that you would need to build the new thing that you want to build. Come on, somebody. Some of us are not willing to let go of what life used to look like and what we have grown so accustomed to in our lives to allow God to begin to shift things and break things apart and rebuild something in our lives that is better than what it was. If they would just tear it, but they don't want to tear but it looks good. Can we take a picture of it before we tear it apart? I just want to hold on to what used to be. I just want to hold on to, I don't, I don't want to, I want to get the new thing without actually having to break these things apart. I just want to have it all. I don't want to get rid of this. But if they would just tear apart what they have built in the past, they would have everything that they need to build what they want now. And some of us are looking into the future and we want our lives to be be everything that God desires for it to be, but some of us are not willing to be broken apart so that God can put something together that is better than anything that you could ever form on your own. So you may be, when you're following Jesus, you may be broken so that you can be made new. In fact, there's probably a good chance that there are going to be some things in your life that God's going to have to break apart so that he can build something new. Amen? I would say that this same concept, it applies to us following Jesus. And Charles Spurgeon, many of you know that name, he had this quote that I found. He said this, that, Is it not a curious thing that whenever God means to make a man great, he always first breaks him into pieces? There was a man whom the Lord meant to make into a prince. How did he do it? Why, he met him one night and wrestled with him. You always hear about Jacob's wrestling. Well, I dare say he did, but it was not Jacob who was the principal wrestler. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. God touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and put it out of joint before he called him Israel, that is, a prince of God. The wrestling was to take all his strength out of him, and when his strength was gone, then God called him a prince. Some, some of us need to allow God to break some things. And for some of us, that's an offensive thing. You mean, when I, when I, if I want to follow Jesus, I have to allow Jesus to remove things from my life? You mean, if I want to really grow in my relationship with God, I have to allow him to break some things in me so that he can make me new? 
Yeah, you do. Do you really want to be made new? Do you really want it? Think about what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He said, I assure you, believers, by the pride which I have in you, in your union with Christ Jesus our Lord, and this is what he said, I die daily. I face death and die to self. Can I submit to you that some of us need to learn the art of dying daily? Paul said, when I get up in the morning, I die to myself. I don't want to live today for me. I want to live today for Jesus. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what he wants me to do. I don't want to say what I want to say. I want to say what he wants me to say. I die daily. I am, I am dying to myself every single day. Day And following Jesus isn't always just this, it's not necessarily this one-time decision. It's a daily decision to set aside what you want and to pick up what God wants. If you're willing to allow God to break you in some ways, it may not always be easy, but it will always be worth it because the new thing that God is building in you will bring the full life that Jesus died for you to have. And we could say it this way, and I think we have this on the screen, that following Jesus may lead to some things being broken in your life. But God only breaks things apart when he's building something way more beautiful. If you're in a season right now where you feel like there are some things breaking in your life, could it be that God is trying to build something way more beautiful in you so that he could do more through you if you'll just allow him to break what he needs to break so that he'll have everything that he needs to put something better together? Amen? Here's point number two, the, the second truth about following Jesus is that, and this one's kind of long, but you may be persecuted because you're more in love with Jesus than you are pleasing people. Good chance that there'll be some persecution that comes because you're more in love with Jesus and what he wants for your life than you are pleasing what other people, their opinions of you, what they, what they think about you, making everybody happy. In Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 16, it says, Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. This is Jesus speaking. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. Can you imagine the disciples? They're like, what? <laughs> like, you know, whenever, whenever we were in the boat and you called us to follow you, like I didn't realize that we were going to be called into the courts and beaten and uh, that we were going to be criticized and that all of this was going to happen. Um, didn't know this was coming. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be, I love this, but this will be your opportunity. You mean that when I am flogged and beaten, this is my opportunity? You mean when I am called into the courts and am being persecuted that this is my opportunity? You mean that when somebody starts to talk bad about me, this is my opportunity? This is my opportunity. Opportunity for what? To tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. To tell the people that don't know me about me. To share your story with them. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. 
and all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted, not if you are persecuted, when you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. So in this text, Jesus is talking to the people that have been following him. And he's basically giving them a heads up for what's to come. He's basically giving them a heads up as to this is, these are some things that you can expect because you have decided to follow me. These are some things, listen, salvation is a free gift. But when we decide to follow Jesus, it comes with a cost. And one of those things is sometimes experiencing persecution from people around you, people in your life. I looked up the word uh, persecute so that we could kind of get a context for this. And this is what it means. And it says to persecute means to subject someone to hostility and ill treatment. And to harass or annoy someone persistently. <laughs> some of y'all are like, I've been persecuted. I, I have been exposed to some annoyances persistently. But seriously, I wonder if there's anybody at church today who's ever experienced persecution in their life. Someone you love turned their back on you. Or you felt like an outcast at work because of your faith in Jesus. Or you walked through a difficult season of life because of something that someone else did to you. Or you caught wind that people were gossiping behind your back. See, sometimes this persecution will come from individuals that you already expected it from. But come on, how many of you know that sometimes the enemy will even use people that you're close to to try to discourage you, to try to get you down, to put you through some things, to try to get you to give up? To try to get you to throw in the towel. Listen, Jesus said, you need to just expect that there is going to be persecution because you follow me. Listen, newsflash, not everybody is going to like you. If you're waiting on everybody to like you, you're going to be waiting a long time. What you need to be worried about is not pleasing people, but pleasing God. What has God told you to do? What has God called you to do? What is God's purpose for your life? What does God have for you in this season? What is God trying to teach you through what you're experiencing right now? You may be persecuted. And maybe you're asking the question today, well, how do I make it through this persecution in my life? And I really think... A great place to start is really these two words right here, is to stay planted. How do I make it through what's going on? Stay planted. How do I, how do I overcome everything that everybody in my, stay planted? planted how do I how do I make it through this season of my life where it seems like I'm under so much persecution and there's so much happening and so much is going wrong? stay 
planted. Where do we stay planted? Well, one good place to stay planted would be in the Word of God. Listen to me. Don't give up the Word of God when you get discouraged or persecuted. Why is it that we give up the things whenever times get hard that we actually need? Is this true for anybody but me? Something happens to you, and a lot of times one of the first things to go is prayer because we replace it with worry. When I'm worried about it, and we need to be praying about it. Why is it that we, why is it that we start running around in circles whenever things seem chaotic, in our, whenever persecution comes, whenever things are being broken in our lives? We need to stay stay planted in the Word of God. Another one, just a practical thing, and this is just relevant, really, to, to our church. If if this is where you uh, if this is where you call home, is to stay planted in grow groups. Listen to me for a minute. Some of you are like, "Is he ever going to stop talking about groups?" No. Here is here is the um, if I can go here for just a minute, and then we'll get off this, go to point three, and then. We'll, and then we're going to sing and let you go. But here's the, here's the tendency. So right now we're about five and a half weeks right into this semester of Grow Group. So here's one of two things that many of us have a tendency to do, if I can just get all up in your business really quick. And this is not, if we were to raise our hands, you would look around and see that everybody's raising their hand, right? So this is not unique to you, so don't get offended at this. But here's what happens in our lives. Here's what the enemy tries to do. One of two things. We're about halfway through the semester. And so there are some of you that didn't get in a group when they started. You didn't really get signed up. And so you're like, well, you know, we're already five or six weeks in. It's already about halfway over. There's really no sense in me getting in a group. We'll just try to wait until the summer gets here. And then, you know, and we'll just kind of go from there. There's that tendency. Or there's a tendency for some of us that have been in a group for the last five weeks that this is the, this is the time. Listen to me. This is the time when the enemy, and you know I'm telling you the truth right now. You can think about it. This is a time when the enemy is trying to convince you that you are too busy to keep going. You are too busy to keep being there. You are too, your life is too crazy to stay connected. Your life is too nutty right now to stay planted. And what you've, and, and you've been experiencing growth and you've been experiencing great things and you've been in relationship and community and you've really enjoyed it and then something happens in your life. Come on, the enemy brings something around. Something happens, you know, something breaks down, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, you know, I would go, but can I encourage you? If you're not in a group, there are still some groups that are open that you can even jump in right now. If you're in a group, stay planted. Stay planted. Why do I need to stay planted? Well, here is the reason, and it's point number three, is that what feels like a sacrifice is actually an investment. What feels like a sacrifice is actually an investment. I want to bring the worship team back. And in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 3, Paul says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I want to submit a couple of things 
to you today and see if maybe you can find yourself in this. Because following Jesus comes with a cost. There's, there's a price that has to be paid, but it's not a sacrifice. What we see as a sacrifice is actually an investment. And I think there are some of us that won't invest in being discipled, won't invest in grow groups, won't invest in discipling others, or you fill in the blank with what growth looks like because we're not willing to pay the cost. What is the, what is the cost? What do, you, what do you mean by this cost? There, maybe you've tried it before, and you got in a group, but you weren't willing to pay the cost of one night a week for your growth. You just weren't willing to pay the cost. I'm not willing to, and maybe your response here, it costs how much I have to give up a, a night of my week or two hours for this? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've tried it before, but you weren't really willing to pay the cost of being real with someone. And so to you, it seems like it didn't work. But you weren't willing to pay the cost of being real with somebody. You weren't, you weren't willing to invest in that way. Maybe for some of us, we would rather pay the cost of our own desires than the desires of Jesus for our lives. And so our mentality is that I want Jesus but I want to do what I want to do. But I want Jesus. But I want to do what I want to do. But I want Jesus. That's going to cost me a night, a week. But I want, I want everything that he has for me. That means I have to be real with somebody. I, I really what I want. Listen, salvation is a free gift. By grace, through faith, you receive Jesus and what he did for you on the cross and you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. But for those of us that really want everything that God has, we don't want to just survive in life. We actually want to thrive with the life in the life and through the life that God has given us. There may be some things that need to be broken so that God can put the pieces back together and form something new. There may be times when you're walking through a tough season, you're walking through persecution, you're walking through something that you didn't see coming. But here's the good news today. What may feel like a sacrifice to you is actually an investment. You're investing in something that has a high, high, high rate of return. Will you stand to your feet today? I heard this story a pastor of a church in Tampa, Florida. He was telling this story. He said, I believe it was in 2005. Just gotten out of college. And one of his buddies 
turned him on to this idea of investing in stock. Oh, I'm not really into this. I don't even really understand this stock thing. I don't even really know what, what what's... I don't, I don't really get all this. And so he kind of checked into it. And the guy said, listen, we need to invest. Here's what we need to do. We need to invest $1,000 in this stock. It's this new thing that's coming around. And I really got a good feeling about it. It's called Apple. Many of us have this in our pockets right now. It's called Apple. Okay, all right. Well, you know, I'll, we'll give it a try. So they puts $1,000 at the time, it was, I believe he said, $6 a share to buy stock in Apple. A little bit of time goes by, maybe it's a year, six months, something like that, and his friend calls him up and says, Dude, you're rich. That stock that we bought into is at $12 a share. It has doubled, and he said, I am proud to tell you that I cashed out my Apple stock at $12 a share. Then he went on to tell, and I looked it up this last week just to kind of see where it was right now. And right now, Apple is at about $300 per share. Can you imagine investing at $6 a share? To cash out when you thought you had it made. When if you just stayed in a little bit longer. And you'd have waited about 15 years. Your $6 per share would turn into $300 per share. Listen to me. There are some of us. That we have, we have, we have tried. We have invested. We have. We have, we have tried to pay the price. We have tried to go all in with Jesus. We have tried to really be a follower. We have, we have like, well, I'm going to give it a shot and see how it goes. And some of us are cashing out at $12 a share. And the enemy has convinced you that if this was real, it wouldn't be this hard. That if Jesus really loved you, it wouldn't be this difficult. That when you gave your life to Jesus, it was supposed to get easy. But I came today to tell somebody, maybe just one person, that what feels like a sacrifice to you is actually an investment. And this investment that you'll make in going all in for Jesus and really following Jesus and saying, I want to be a I want to be everything that God desires for me to be. It has a high, 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 high rate of return. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? God, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for saving us. God, today I believe that that you are calling people to begin to follow you, to truly follow you. Lord, that there are some people in this room today that are going to say, no matter what the cost, I'm following Jesus. I'm going to invest my life in everything that Jesus has for me. 
your heads bowed and eyes still closed. I want to pray for three groups of people and then we're going to have an opportunity to pray and we're going to sing and be dismissed today. But three groups of people. And if you would be bold enough to say, hey, I fit into one of these three categories. Will you pray for me? I want to pray for those who feel broken. For those who are walking through a hard time or some kind of persecution. And I also want to pray for the people that are making the decision today to shift their perspective. You're saying, I'm shifting my perspective from sacrifice to investment. Come on, if that's you in the room today, will you just, and I'm going to ask you to keep it up, and I'm going to pray for every person that has their hand up. You would say, you know what, I'm, I, I'm in one of those three. I'm, I, I'm broken. There are some broken things in my life right now. Come on, will you raise your hand? There's some broken things in my life right now. I feel like, come on, if it's you, I feel like I'm walking through persecution. Life is hard right now. I don't know why people are turning their back on me right now. I don't know why I lost that job the other day. I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm walking through persecution in my life. I don't know why people are talking behind my back. And if you're here today, come on, the last group of people with our hands lifted. If you're here today and you would say, today I want to shift my perspective. I want the Holy Spirit to shift my perspective from sacrifice to investment. Come on, will you lift your hand right now? God, you see every hand all across this room. Lord, those that are broken in a, in a broken place right now. God, we know that you only break things apart so that you can build something new, so that you can build something better, so that you can build something that is that is that is better for us, God, that it is what you desire for us. And Lord, I pray for those right now that are walking through a tough season. They're walking through a persecution season. They're walking through a season where people are walking away, where people are turning their backs on them, where they're being talked about, where they've lost a job, where they've lost a, a loved one. God, where somebody is going through an illness right now. God, I pray for those people that you would comfort them like only you can right now in this moment and even as they walk out of this door today. And Lord, I pray for all of us across this room. Holy Spirit, would you shift our perspective? God, will you shift our perspective to know that when we follow you, it's not really a sacrifice. It's actually an investment. And when we invest in you and what you have for our lives, it comes with a high, 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 high rate of return, God. So I pray against the enemy right now. I rebuke the enemy and the spirit that says this is too hard and this is too difficult and we'll never make it through. Oh, no, no, no. We're investing in lifelong change. We're investing in what's coming 30 years down the road. We're investing in what's coming in our grandchildren's lives down the road. It's not a sacrifice. It's an investment. It's an investment. I want us to sing this song. We're just going to sing it a couple of times through. And as we sing this, if you need prayer for anything in your life, you're always invited to come down. Let somebody pray with you. Let somebody agree with you. Let somebody stand in the gap for you to intercede on your behalf. But I want to sing this song. We sang it. It's this old song that we sang a little bit earlier. It says, Here I am to worship. And I want this to be the cry of our heart this to be the cry of our life, that my life, that I exist to worship Him. And when I give Him all of me, it's not a sacrifice. It's an investment. So Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this song, Lord, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer and that you would receive all the praise, honor, and glory, and that this would be the cry of our hearts today. 
In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this out. He 